all can take a seat. And this morning, I want you to take out your Bibles, and you can turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 67. We've been in a great series on blessing, and we're spending four straight weeks in the book of Psalms looking at blessing. Psalm 67, it's a great psalm for us in this season. It's a psalm for us as a church. It really defines uh, much of who we are as a church. I'd encourage you to memorize this psalm. It's seven verses. You can memorize one verse every day this week, and by the end of the week, you'll have it memorized. One of the verses is said twice, so really uh, six verses to memorize. But I'd encourage you to print it up on your wall. I mean, students, as you guys go back to school, this is a great psalm for you to put up on your wall and really think about. You want to meditate on this psalm. It's a psalm full of blessing. Three times the word blessing is used. It's full of blessing. It's a psalm reaching the nations. Three times the word nations is used. Four times peoples is used. Five times the ends of the earth and reaching the earth, reaching the nations. It's full of that. It's a psalm of fullness, receiving, and it's a psalm of fulfillment, giving. Freely you have received, freely you give. It's a psalm full of taking seekers into the fullness of Christ. It's a psalm of a church of nations reaching nations. So we want to get into this Psalm 67. It starts off with the great phrase, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. May God, God is the beginning of blessing. We've talked about this time and time again, but when you see blessing, it, it comes from God. God in the beginning created Adam and Eve, and he blessed them in Genesis 1. God created us for blessing. God wants us to be blessed. And at the end of the day, you're either blessed or you're cursed. You're either living in blessing, giving blessing to others, or you're living in curses, giving curses to others. And God is a God of blessing. And here in this psalm, we get permission to ask for the blessing, to want the blessing. It's not bad to want blessing. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It is good to want the blessing. Each of us ought to yearn for the blessing of God. Each of us ought to call out for the blessing of God. And this blessing should be familiar to you. Uh, we went over this in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. These have three of the five elements of the Levitical blessing that we went over in Numbers 6. It's the Levitical blessing where God gave the Levites this command to bless one another, to bless them with these three elements that are included here, and it's a progressive blessing. It starts off, may God be gracious to us. May God be gracious to us. And this is really where blessing begins. You don't earn the blessing. You accept the blessing. 
You don't work for the blessing, you receive the blessing. You don't ask, you don't, you don't earn it and, and, and deserve it, you ask for it. The Bible makes it clear, the wages of sin is death. We all earn death, but the gift of God, that is receiving, that's the grace of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God is gracious. We don't deserve the blessing, we receive it. He is gracious. God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Everything begins with the grace of God. Everything. Everything in the Christian life begins with the grace of God. Jesus demonstrated his love for us by going to the cross. If you ever ask, do I deserve the grace of God? No, you don't deserve it. Jesus paid for the blessing for you to be blessed. Jesus took the curse on the cross so that we could be blessed. I had a dream three weeks ago, and it was a dream I had never had before. I woke up from this dream with my heart beating fast. And I just want to share this dream. It was a dream that I was in the passion narrative of Christ. I saw Jesus taken away. I saw Jesus on trial. I was kind of observing it from the back. And people were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And then I saw Jesus being whipped and scourged on his back. And I saw Jesus getting the crown of thorns put on his head. And I was going with the crown with the crowd as he walked down and he carried the cross and he stumbled and fell and somebody else took the cross. And I, I was with the crowd the whole way. And then when they laid Jesus on the cross, and I saw this in my dream where Jesus was on the cross and they took out a long spike and it came for the spike to go in his hands. And then the guy took the club and he looked at me and he said, you, get over here. Put these nails in Jesus' hands. And my heart started beating fast. No, no, I don't want to do it. Yes, yes, you will come over here. Yes, put, his nail, put these nails in his hands. No, no, no. And that's when I woke up. And I was just beating fast. No. And then I heard the voice of God. And God said to me, you did put those nails in my hands. Every sin that you make is a nail in my hands. And then he reminded me of Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. So my sin did put him there. And then he said, I did that for you, Stephen. He told me that. He said, I did that because I love you. Every one of those sins that you have committed yesterday, that you'll commit today, that you'll commit tomorrow, I took them up on the cross. He loves you. God is gracious. No matter what you've done in life, God is gracious. He's compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. May God be gracious to us and may we live in the grace of God. But it doesn't end there. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Not only does he not give us what we do deserve, but he gives us what we don't deserve. May God be bless us. He wants to give you favor. He wants to give you gifts. He wants to give you resources. It is okay to ask for the blessing of God, for the success of God. God wants you to be successful. God wants you. He commanded Joshua to be successful wherever he went. We talked about this last week in Psalm 1, that the blessing of God is to be prosperous in all that we do. So we can ask God for the grace and for the blessing, and then the ultimate one, that his face would shine upon you, that his manifest presence would be known to you, that God's face would shine, not his omnipresence, not his, just the theoretical understanding of God. God wants to sit down with you. Revelation says he stands at the door and knocks. He who has an ear, let him hear, and then open up the door, and he'll come in, and he'll eat with you. He wants to be with you. Psalm 16 says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. This is what we all long for. We long for the face of God to shine on us. And I've seen this with my kids. You know, my kids are, uh, yeah, my kids are awesome. My daughter, she's six years old. And I'm just soaking this up. Um, I don't think she'll be doing this for forever. But right now, I come home, and my daughter always has, like, these notes for me and uh, these drawings, and I just love them. I mean, I'm just really enjoying them. But I got to share with you this one that she wrote to me this past week. She said, I love you, Daddy. You are the silliest dad I ever had. I mean, that's what every dad wants to hear, right? But then it, she ends it with this amazing line, my favorite present is you. You know, I can give my daughter a lot of things. I can give her bikes. She loves dresses. She loves princesses. But the greatest present is you. What she really wants is time with daddy. Now, I don't know if she'll always say that. I, I want that. I hope she always says that. What we really long for is God. We long for the face of God. The face of God. Moses talked to God face to face. Jacob said he, he wrestled with God. He talked to God face to face. We can talk with God face to face. And my kids love my face. I tell you what, um, sometimes I get distracted with my phone and I'm on my phone my little three-year-old, he's just learned how to bike. He's the shortest guy to ever learn how to ride a bike. But he's doing all these tricks on the bike. And, Daddy, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, oh, man, that's scary. But occasionally I'll be looking at my phone. And, Daddy, you weren't looking. You missed it, Daddy. You know, he jumps in off the diving board. You missed it, Daddy. You weren't looking. We all long for the face of God. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. We are called to ask, to receive. This is the fullness. 
But the, the chapter does not end there. That, after that verse, there's a comma, not a period. The Christian life does not end there. A lot of times, everybody, that is the Christian life. It's like you receive Christ, he transforms you and me, and it's all about me. I come to church on Sunday for me. The Christian life does not end there. There's a comma. Let's go on. Psalm 67, may God be gracious, bless us, face shine upon us, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations, not just some nations, all nations. I'm all for God bless America, but God bless all the nations of the world. Yes, we want God's blessing on America. Why? So that we can bless all the nations of the world. Yes, you are called to call God's blessing on you and your family, but so that all the nations of the world can be reached. And this is what Genesis 12 was all about. When Abraham was blessed by God, God blessed him so that through, he said, through you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be reached. Through you, all the nations will be blessed. This is the blessing of God. God wants to bless you so that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And it's consistent throughout the whole Bible. The whole Bible is all about God's mission for the nations, God's mission to reach the ends of the earth. Jesus taught his disciples that he, he taught them that there was grace. He taught them that there was blessing. And we're going to get into that in a few weeks on how Jesus taught on blessing. And he taught them that his presence was what they really longed for. But at the end of his life, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you so that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. God's heart is for the nations. God's heart is for the unreached peoples. He wants to thrust forth laborers into the unreached. Romans uh, chapter 12 says that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Revelation, when you get to Revelation, every tongue, tribe, and language will be there before the throne of God. This is the heart of God. The heart of God is for the nations. So we are called to receive so that we can give. We want to go from fullness to fulfillment. God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. It goes on, let all the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. And this is God's desire, that all peoples would praise him. And over the next two weeks, we're going to get into blessing the Lord. We've received the blessing so we can bless the Lord. And we're going to look at praise, and it's good to praise. And I've been praying this over each of our people, that God would remove the garment of despair and put on you the garment of praise. And then it goes on, let the nations be glad. God wants you to be glad. The Christian life is not something sour. It shouldn't be hard. God wants you to be glad and sing for joy. 
He wants joy in the house of the Lord. In his presence there is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Up until now you've asked for nothing. Ask in my name and the joy. Over and over, God wants to give joy. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And then you get right in the middle of Psalm 67. For you judge the peoples with equity. You judge the peoples with equity. See, this is what it all comes down to. At some point, every one of us, our hearts are going to stop beating. None of us knows when that time will be. I was grieved because one of our dear members, she wasn't that old, but she had a heart attack suddenly and passed away. Cruteau, Lisa Cruteau. So sad. And our prayers are with the children and with Mike, the husband. None of us knows when our hearts are going to stop beating. But the Bible makes it clear, upon death there will be judgment. Upon death you will stand before God and there will be equal playing field. There will be judgment. And this is why we have these rocks as you enter in here. They're normally up at the end. But on these rocks are names of people that we know who have yet to receive Jesus Christ. And I love the rock because a rock drops. You know? And one day, all of us, the heart will stop beating and we're going to drop. And we're going to go before God in judgment. And what it's going to come down to was, did you receive the grace of God? Did you receive the free gift of eternal life? And so, everyone will be before God, and it's either those who have Jesus or do, do not. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody goes to eternal life except through Jesus Christ. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us. I love it. Two times, just in case you don't get it. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear him. At one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. This is what we're all going to. All the ends of the earth will fear him. So church, we want to ask for the blessing. We want to receive the grace of God. We want to receive the blessing of God. We want to receive his face. Why? So that we can reach the unreached peoples. So that we can reach the people in this jar. So that we can reach the 760 people groups that are in Atlanta. There's 760 people groups right here in Atlanta. This is why we partner with Envision and in Clarkson. It's what Pete Brokup is all about and Dan Kirk. And I got encouraging news. They're going to start five new house churches this week. 
Two of them are from Muslim families. One of them is for a Hindu family. We want to reach the nations. This is why we're sending out Jim and Heather Hatcher to Israel. Israel, 99% of Jews are unreached. And Jim, Jim and Heather Hatcher, we want to send them out to reach the unreached people groups in Israel. It's why we got Dan and Becca Holcomb out on the field in Senegal. Because we care about the nations. Freely we've received, freely we will give. One of my favorite movies this past year was Harriet. Harriet is a great movie. It depicts the life of Harriet Tubman, and she was born in 1822. Harriet Tubman was born in slavery. She was beat. She was whipped. She was treated unjustly. She was stripped from her family. She couldn't have the family that she herself, she was owned. And she finally had enough. She said, I'm getting out of here. She said, I, would, I, I need to live in freedom or I want to die. And so when she was 27 years old, she left Maryland and she went to Philadelphia and she got free. She lived in freedom and she enjoyed freedom and she worked an honest wage. But she was so enjoying her freedom and it just gripped her because she remembered the slaves that were still back there. And so Harriet Tubman went back. She went back to save many <laughs> Over 70 people she, slaved, uh, she saved from slavery. She was a conductor on the Underground Railroad. She couldn't read. She was a person that followed Jesus, and yet God, God helped her to deliver many, many people. Then she led the Union Army. She's one of the few women to lead an army, and she led over, it's close to 700 slaves in freedom. She was said... I love this quote in the middle of the movie. She's around a bunch of people who were arguing, and they said, oh, it's too dangerous to go back. It's too dangerous. You shouldn't go there anymore. And Harriet Tubman said this, I ain't giving up rescuing slaves because it's far. Many of you don't know slavery firsthand. You were born free. You've been free so long, you forget what it's like. You've gotten comfortable and important. You've got beautiful homes, beautiful wives, but I remember, I'm going to do what I gotta do. Go wherever I gotta go, however I gotta do it, to free as many slaves as possible, till this beast, the monster called slavery, is slain and dead. I will give every last drop of blood in my veins to free them. How about that? You see, Harriet knew what slavery was like, but then she experienced freedom. And she didn't just stay in freedom. She went back to bring others to freedom. And I just have a feeling that some of us, as Christians, we've gotten used to freedom. We've gotten used to grace. We've gotten used to the blessing. We've gotten used to the face of God, that we've forgotten those who are in slavery, those who are chained to sin, and who will die and have eternal death 
We need to go back. We need to go after those. We need to rescue those who are in slavery and share the good news of Jesus Christ that he has that he has died for all mankind, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever, whoever believes, all nations, God wants to reach the nations of the world. And that's why we as a church are a church of all nations reaching nations. That's why we want to pray for the unreached people groups. As you leave, you can grab a bookmark, and on this has many people groups in Atlanta and people groups around the world who are unreached people groups. One of them is Bangladeshi. We have had a Bangladeshi, okay, there's 20, it says 25,000 Bangladeshis in the Atlanta area. There is not one known church among the Bangladeshi people. Is that right, Jesse? Jesse knows. Not one known church. We have had a Bangladeshi come to our church six times since uh, we started outdoors. God wants to reach the Bangladeshi people. We need to start praying for them. We need to start. Jesus said, the, the fields are white as harvest. Uh, ask the Lord of the harvest to thrust forth laborers. What was the solution for reaching the unreached peoples? By praying. We want to pray for the nations. In the midweek messenger, there is a list of nations. We're praying through every nation of the world this year. We're actively praying for every single nation. You can join in on this. The College of Prayer, their mission is in the next five years to go to all the nations of the world. Who wants to see that happen? We want to be a part of this. We want to be a part of bringing the gospel, reaching the unreached, we want to be a part of this. You know, a lot of people measure the blessing based on how much money you have. Say, oh, I'm blessed. I, I have a good job. Oh, I'm blessed. I have this amount of resources. Oh, I'm blessed with a good home. Ask yourself next time you say that, what am I doing with the blessing? How is this blessing that I have received reaching the nations? And I want to end with going back to the beginning. May God be gracious to us. Us. It's not me, it's an us. And I want to ask you this question. How big is your us? Is your prayer life all about me and mine? And it's easy to do in the midst of COVID, right? In the midst of quarantine, it's easy to just hunker down and be all about me but God wants to enlarge our us God wants our prayers to start praying for the nations praying for the unreached peoples God wants to bless us as a church God wants to bless us as a community God wants to bless us hallelujah church we want to step into this blessing and we've got a worship team that's going to lead us in a great song but as they come forward I want to give anybody in the room that has not received the grace of God. If you're watching online and you have never received the grace of God, maybe you're trying to earn your way to eternal life. Maybe you're trying to earn the blessing. God has paid 
for your sins on the cross. And if you trust in him, you can have eternal life. I just want to lead you in a prayer right now to receive the free gift of salvation. Just close your eyes and you can pray this prayer silently as I pray it aloud. Father God, I receive the free gift of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. I receive you as my Savior and the one who has forgiven me of my sins. I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.